baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Well, good morning. Uh, we've last uh, spoke with you guys about the Metro Rail expansion ideas. Now, the 33 project we've heard so much about. There was another public meeting on Wednesday. Before we get to that, uh, where do you guys stand on the covering of that section of the 33? Well, we're very much against it. It's it's a it's a huge expense. It doesn't really uh, handle the whole neighborhood. It only covers a mile, and the, the fruit belt gets no relief at all. And the, and it also separates uh, Delaware Park from from Martin Luther King Park. I mean, there's a that section between Sydney and and the Delaware Park area there. Uh, doesn't get covered, and it's, and it's a huge, huge expense. And, and and the other thing that we're very much against, and actually, uh, you know, kind of upset about, is it does nothing for pollution. If you look at their report and, and what they've said publicly, it's, uh, you know, the, the amount of CO2, you know, and other pollutants will not change. And basically, they say it goes down 0.04% in 2047. I don't think you can even predict that, that accurately, but the, the fact is that the New York State law, the, the Climate Leadership and Community Protection Act, the CLCPA, re- is looking for, requires that uh, state agencies try to meet the, the goal of a 40% re- 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 reduction by 2030 and 85% by uh, 2050. You know, they're, they're, and, they, and they say in their report, they, they mention, they cite the CLCPA many times, 17, I actually, now, you, nowadays you can kind of count these things uh, throughout the report. So they know about it. They know that what the requirements are, and they say in there, well, we're reducing by 0.04%, you know, so therefore we're consistent with CLPA, but they're, CLCPA, they're, they're just not. And, and it's really a law. The New York State law requires them to try to meet that goal. And at least uh, offer alternatives and look at the impact and and how much benefits you can get. They didn't do any of that. We're really really unhappy, uh, you know, that they're doing this. You know, you, you look at in the report. They say, for example, that uh, you know, you, you ask the question, "Who's this road for?" It's for the suburbanites. And, and they, you know, they, we, we talk to them and they say, "Yeah, it's really to to pre- pre- prevent uh, congestion way way out by the I-90." You know. And they, they kind of pretend that it's for the people in the neighborhood, but the, the report itself says that 39% of the people in that neighborhood don't have access to cars, but they'll get 100% access to all the fumes from those cars. You know, it's just a, they're, they're, a, they're doing the same thing they did back in the 60s. They're, they're forcing this highway down the throats of the uh, residents in East Buffalo and uh, the East Side. And uh, you know it, it's it's not fair, and 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 that you know I went like as you, as you asked me earlier the uh, the I went to that hearing, and it was an eye opener. There was you know there were all, almost all well, well over three quarters of the speakers were against it, against it. Most of them adamantly, and those who were for it mostly were you know they they were going to create jobs. A couple of them I don't think anybody actually said they liked the darn thing. So the DOT did a did not do a good job 
of reaching out to the community. Uh, and uh, Rock doesn't, I mean, Rock was the one that they reached out to. And we've talked to Rock, and they, they would prefer the park too, but they're they're settling. They basically told us that, Stephanie Gator. You know, it's it's just a bad, a bad project, uh, and it's being forced down the throats of people. Uh, the, the the DOT did not offer any any alternatives really. They, they did back in 2012. They did a great job in 2012. They had like 10 different possible ways of doing it, but then they come in now and they say, well, no. But the objective of the project is to keep the same uh, vehicle flow, the vehicle miles traveled, the same, same amount of cars being handled on the road. You know, so yeah, if you pick that as the objective, and and the public had no ability to to input on that, you know. Well, then you end up with the same road, the same mistake. And, again, for a billion dollars, and, and the irony is that that much money, a billion dollars, would be enough to extend Buffalo Metro from from downtown out to the airport into a park and ride out by Transit Road. I mean, the same amount of money for all that, all that extension, you know, all the track, all the stations, all the cars, all the signaling, everything would be, could be done for a billion dollars, and they're going to spend that much on one mile, less than 0.8 miles of of expressway to redo the same mistake they did back in the 60s. So anyway, we're we're against it. We're disappointed, uh, and we're going to do the best we can to, to at least express our disappointment and our in our opposition. So that's where we are. You spoke about that meeting on Wednesday and how so many speakers were against it. Uh, the people holding the meeting, did they have a response to those who were against it? Did they offer? any kind of explanation um, or did the speaker speak and it was kind of just moving on to the next person? Well, it was a hearing. So the people that they had a, a DOT guy up in front with a, with a guy from the federal highway from the federal government and their, their job was not to speak. They, they, they said that up front. I mean, these public hearings, are they supposed to be there to listen and not to speak. So, so they didn't speak, but they did have, Oh, they had it. Boy, they had about 20 people out in the, out in the, uh, out in the foyer, and they had boards up there, and there you could go and you could ask questions and you could could talk, and, and you know when I talk, and I expressed to them the things that I just expressed to you, and they they didn't have an answer. I mean, they they, they basically said no, we need that kind of throughput of cars. They didn't they didn't agree with anything I said, so you know they didn't have any explanation that satisfied me at least. So, yeah, but yeah, they did have people out there in the in the foyer where they have all the boards and stuff. They had they had uh, you know charts for example with the um, the amount of pollution before and you know and after and so forth. And like I say, it shows that it's going to increase a little bit, but you know 0.04 percent. One of our concerns was at the portals. Is it going to increase there? And they have some charts out there that you have to, well, slightly. It's not according to their charts. If you believe them, I mean, I don't know what the, the data. I know that this, they don't have good baseline data because the sensors are quite a ways away. But assuming they did it right, it's a small increase right around the portals because what happens is the cars go through the tunnel and they push the, the pollution out the ends of the tunnel and there'll be a, a slight concentration right at the portal. You know, and there's going to be noise at that portal, too. That's the other thing. I mean, the tunnel, that's the one thing it does. It quiets things down. So the people who were at, during that 0.8 miles part of the part of it will see a decrease in um, in noise. But at the portal, you'll, you'll hear that noise. And then, of course, the fruit belt, 
no change at all in the north of Sydney, no change at all. Uh, and that's a very loud, loud road. And it's just going to continue. And, and the problem is, if you spend a billion dollars on something, now you're stuck with it for another generation. Now is the time to to, to take the step back, let the community have, have, have some way in. And that meeting, boy, I'll tell you, there are a lot of people who don't like this plan. And uh, they should have been listened to. I I, I, keep, I think about it and I relate to the the, pro, the Skijakwida. When uh, when they were going to redo the Skijakwida, DOT came up with a plan that was very highway focused and would be able to keep carrying the same amount of cars on that road, a little bit less, only 40,000 cars there. Uh, and, uh, and, and people were up in arms and they had to back off and Cuomo then said, okay, we, we're going to redo this. I'm going to ask the GBNRTC, the local uh, metropolitan planning organization, take this over, and they did a wonderful job. They reached out to to, to the community region wide as well as the people in there. They did they did some really depth in depth traffic analysis, which is what you could do here too. You know where they 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 use cell phone data because the cell phone companies are tracking everybody, and they have there are some software that allows them to or, or there's another company I think to go and consolidate that so you don't know where any individual is but you can see how many people go from end to end on this thing how many people go you know locally just to this to the college or to the, to Elmwood Avenue and where they're coming from they can even track how many people were on buses because they can relate it to the buses it was amazing. They did a really good job, and based on that, then they, they knew how much traffic was there and, and where it was going, and they redesigned the thing with the community in the loop. So I, mean, I went to those all those workshops, and we you know we we all looked and said, and we kind of agreed with the objectives. Unlike this job, the objectives were stated by the DOT. We agreed with the objectives and included moving traffic. But uh, you know, but also in, in re- restoring Delaware Park and you know, the connectivity to the museums, I mean, all that stuff. And in the end, everyone agreed on a solution that handled the traffic because it involved, included real analysis of the, of the traffic flow, and uh, and it also restored the park. That's what we need to do in the Kensington. And, you know, there's, there's traffic there, so, you, you know, you, you do want to look at that too. But there's also arterials. There's Broadway. There's Walden. There's all, the, you know, all those, you know, Road the arterials that Buffalo has, they just see that they can carry a lot more traffic than they are today. The analysis should include that, and if we were able to to get some, you know, to restore some of those in terms of having a little more traffic, it would also restore the businesses along those routes, which is something that got they got killed when they built the Kensington. The, they don't, those, those roads didn't have traffic anymore, and all those businesses went out of business. So now that would help restore this. So anyway, you need a con- comprehensive analysis and evaluation with the public in the loop with honesty about what's going to happen in terms of, you know, pollution and, and good modeling in terms of that. So I, 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 I would like to see them go back, redo this, you know, using the, the model that we use for the uh, Skidjaquina. With, with community, 100% community involvement. So that's our position. And maybe we could use some of that billion dollars to get the light rail extended. 
Yeah, speaking speaking of of that, because back in September you urged uh, them to reconsider the fill in option. Um, what you're talking about there? What would the fill in option look like um, if you're if you're thinking of the 33 today from the airport to downtown? What would the fill in option look like, and what would that mean for people living alongside the 33? Uh, you know, for four years I went to college at Madai, uh, lived on campus for two years, lived off Parkside for two years. Uh, what would the 33 be? In that in that situation, to get to the suburbs, uh, it with the fill-in option that you guys are urging. Well, well, there's different options with that, but the fill-in itself, it would it would be, I mean, very very inexpensive relative to this cap and, and tunnel construction. You would basically just get get fill and fill it in. You'd be able to plant full-size trees. The trees that they're planting are. They're smaller trees. They're 50 feet tall as opposed to like oak and, you know, maples and some of the bigger trees, which are much, much better. Uh, and they have deeper roots. The, the, this cap thing only has three feet of soil, so you really can't have really big trees. You'd be able to restore all of those trees. You know, the cost would be a, a, a tiny fraction. They did a fill-in in Rochester on the inner loop. It was a little shorter distance there. That cost $30 million. You know, they're getting, you know, the Eugenic is getting $56 million from the feds for this project. I think we think that would be enough to do the fill-in. You know, now as far as the specifics of the road, again, I think that needs to be looked at. Uh, You can do some kind of a slow, it has to be slow speed. It would be a park. There might be some traffic circles, maybe a traffic light even, you know, kind of like the other arterials. You got to look at how much traffic that can handle. You know, we would incur- want to encourage light rail because that's the goal is to get people out of their cars and stop polluting everything. But you look at that, but it would bring that road up to the surface, and there'd be several alternatives that they could look at in terms of the the roads. If you go back to the the, the New York State DOT, they just did a good job back in 2012, I think it was, and they they laid out ten different options. Several of them were on the surface. Some had, you know roads that would carry more traffic, some that was really uh, just a, like a, a two-lane or one-lane. I think it was one, one-lane option and a two-lane option with some parking, you know, but through the park. So it would be a park road going 30 miles an hour. And then they had one, I think, that had like 40 miles an hour. You can go in their report. They laid it all out. And that was, I think it was in 2012. And I believe you can at least be able to access it on their website. I assume it's still there. You know, if you can't find it, I think I have a link to it somewhere on my computer here. But, you know, those were all good options, and they should have been laid out to the public as, and have public input on which you could, could, could use, and it would include the traffic analysis. You know, hey, look, they might say, hey, this, you know, the two-lane just won't work because we have so much cars, and even when you divert some cars to Genesee or Broadway or whatever, even then we're going to have to have more, and the community would get involved in it. So, you know, that's what I think they should do. I hope they can step back and, and rethink this and, uh, you know, and, and do it the right way as opposed to what they're doing now is really kind of very similar to what they did back in the 1960s. They're ramming it down everyone's throat. They're making the assumption up front, the DOT is, that you got you, you got to have the exact number of cars traveling through this this uh, this, this route. And actually, the, their report actually shows a slight increase in vehicle miles traveled on the road, uh, you know, which is really against what the CLCPA requires. Which, so they're really, they're really up against the CLCPA on this thing, the Climate Leadership and Community Protection Act. And they, you know, uh, that's, uh, that's 
uh, New York State law, and they need to respect it in the air. Doug, before we let you go, I, I want to ask, you know, last time we talked with you guys was about the um, light rail expansion in Amherst. Is there any update on that? There were the three proposals. Have you heard anything uh, since we last spoke over the summer? I don't have any real update. I, well, I know that they they had a, some difficulty uh, with their the, 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 the FTA, the Federal uh, Transit Agency, came and they had a lot of questions for the NFTA. Some of them involved some engineering, so that that pushed the project back six months. So it's on pause now. Still moving ahead. They're doing. They're answering these questions that they got from the feds, you know. And it, so in January, or it, it, actually, it might even be more like March now. I'm hearing uh, that they'll be able to start having public hearings with the final design of this thing. And uh, you know, and, and it's and, and from what I'm told is that the the, the the questions had they were engineering oriented. I don't know what they are. They they wouldn't really tell me. But uh, you know, that might have to do with some of the tunneling questions and so forth. You know. That 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 they that work had to be done anyway, so they're anticipating no real significant delay in the overall project. So the project's still kind of on track to, to open by 2030, 2031 kind of time frame. But they do have this six month pause for the from the FTA. So we, you know, we're we're kind of on hold as well. <laughs> you know, I talked to them at the FTA informally, but. Uh, they, they're they're working on answering these questions, so there's a, a slight delay. Other than that, there's no pro, no change. They're still planning to go ahead with it. Uh, I know that there's a group uh, of, of of people who live on on uh, Kenmore in the Boulevard who are opposed to it, and there's they have some signs up. We've met with them. Uh, they have some legitimate concerns, although we've dug into them and we think that well, one is the blasting and. You know, I have a good friend who's a construction engineer. He actually worked on the uh, Humboldt Parkway project, and they've got pretty good uh, technology now. They can they can really manage those the, the the blasting amount of force used, and doesn't really they can pretty much you know they they can keep it low enough so that there's no no real impact on on housing and you know foundations and things like that. So anyway, they're but I understand their concern. It's a real concern. They live near. They're going to have this blasting, and of course construction is going to be bad no matter what you do, where you do it. You know, even the Kensington as well. Construction's always a mess. So that's those are some of the concerns. The other thing that they push for that group, and we like I said, we talked to them, and this is one we just completely disagree with is they want to go with what they call bus rapid transit. They want to switch the buses, you know, and, and if you go on our website, we have a little video on on, on, on that. It's on, it's on the, the average thing, but it's all about bus rapid transit. And we show on there, you just can't make it work. The UB has been trying to do it with their stampedes. And the problem with bus rapid transit in that corridor is that buses only hold 50 people, actually 40. The stampede is 40 people per bus. The NFT buses can squeeze in 50 people. You know, so you end up with a lot of buses. They're coming every 90 seconds, and you can't get them across Sheridan Drive because Sheridan Drive has and, and Maple as well. You can't. You you have so much traffic on those roads. You have to have long the light cycles to allow the bus the cars to to get through. And uh, so then they hold the buses, and the buses bunch up, and they're late, and they they just can't. Uh, they just can't make it work. And, and, and changing the bus rapid transit will work. where you get light rail, you're carrying, you know, 600 or so people every 10 minutes with one driver per, per train. And it's, 
you know, you, you can you can coordinate lights and things because it's just one train coming. So the train's coming with our 700 people, 600 people. You know, those trains can can carry up to 700. That's 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 max. You know, that's that's not comfortable. Comfortable is like 560 people every 10 minutes. But you know, like for Sabres games, they're getting 700 people in at one of those car trains. You know, and it's every 10 minutes. You know, you can if you want, and UB is adding. As soon as that opens up to out to UB, there's 20,000 students riding on those trains the day that 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 uh, extension opens up. So, bus rapid transit is not uh, a viable option for that corridor. It just is not. And like I say, the the, the blasting can be managed. Uh, it's not. It's really. I, I understand the fear if you live there and you're worried about it, but they they know how to do it. It's pretty. It's pretty safe. In terms of foundation, construction is going to be a mess, as I said. You can't, I mean, no matter where you do it, construction is going to be a mess because uh, it's going to be trucks and everything else. But that's how you construct stuff. So you're kind of stuck with that. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 